Blog Talk Radio. Great joy and good afternoon, my friend. The Nembalese Meditation Bowl is chiming, centering your mind and delight on the art of the CEO, the show that brings you the most fascinating and really the most helpful leaders in the business community from all around our terrestrial orb. I am Bart Jackson, your Hieronymus Bosch of business. And today, we are going to take a look at how climates get made. And no, I'm not talking atmospheric climates, but rather business climates, and how people of commerce and industry and government can play a little more profitably together to enrich everyone's lives in their state. And right now, in our own New Jersey, we have a kind of living case study, where as a conservative uh, shrink government of uh, administration under Governor Chris Christie is making way for a professedly uh, progressive regime uh, headed by Governor-elect Phil Murphy, a former businessman, uh, a Goldman Sachs person, which seems to be somewhat of an alum situation in in the state. But nonetheless, this is going to mean a whole new approach for the state, and uh, yet the state still has its same old plaguing problems, including not enough revenue to pay for all the services that folks expect and require. And here to guide us on what the business people uh, need and expect from this new administration, and really, and also give us the best way to make its needs known at the decision tables is the very knowledgeable and downright shrewd Michelle Sakurka, President and CEO of the New Jersey Business and Industry Association, the group that speaks up for business in the corridors of power. And so whether you are a publisher of a newly formed state business journal, always seeking to make the business community a bit more aware, like Tom, or you're a business owner seeking whether you want to put down a major presence uh, in one particular state, like Jeff, pull up your chair a little closer and join us in this feast of wisdom all carefully cuisined to make your career thrive and your ventures flourish. Michelle, I'm so glad that you could break free from counseling the folks at the State House and come join us today. No, it's a pleasure to join you today, Bart. Thank you. Oh, good. Michelle, now, you have said uh, that uh, the role of the NJBIA is not only to have a seat but a voice at the table of government as, as they make relative, relative uh, you know, decisions and policy. And it's kind of a lesson to uh, everybody, particularly organization leaders listening. I'd uh, like to point out one excellent method that uh, you uh, and the NJBIA have created to make your voice heard, and I'm referring, of course, to the annual Business Outlook Survey that you put together so so well and so exhaustively. And we'll get the results in, in a moment, but I was wondering if you could tell us how that survey serves to make the voice of New Jersey's Business and Industry Association uh, better heard in the, uh, in the halls of Garden State Power. Well, this year, for the 59th consecutive year, we asked our members uh, how they feel about the year that is coming ahead of them, 2018, and we asked them to validate their business results in 2017. And the information that we garner from that survey, we use in order to help inform our positions on policy and bring hard data behind our positions on policy when we advance recommendations uh, to our policymakers in the state of New Jersey. And they've come to depend on this, the, the legislators and the policymakers. They've come to depend on uh, this survey, haven't they? 
Well, everybody knows we do this annually, so this being the 59th annual, uh, we do tend to get some uh, very good, very good press around this event, um, uh, rather around the survey. But we do we use this survey. Uh, for many months into the new year, if not through the year, as a gauge on how business is feeling about the climate. So our policymakers want to understand that because it does help them in their decision-making. Sure, sure it does. Well, in uh, a nutshell, I'd, I'd love to hear it all, and, and you should go to the NJBIA site and, f- and find the results. But in a nutshell, Michelle, could you tell us how uh, – the Garden State's business leaders, how are they feeling about business as they gaze down the avenues uh, on into 2018 and beyond? Yeah, they're feeling good about 2018. Uh, the business community is feeling very good about what they can control relative to their own environment and how they're going to grow jobs and uh, have profits and sales increase into the next year. They're feeling that way because they're coming off of profits that rose in 2017 and good growth. In fact, um, you know, the overall economic outlook in New Jersey uh, well improved in 17 over 16, and we believe that uh, in 2017 we have the strongest economy from a business perspective in the state of New Jersey since the turn of the century. Oh, my goodness. Well, that, that is refreshing to hear, and it's refreshing also to hear people openly admit that there is strength and, and health rather than, than so much of the gloom and doom we've been hearing. And with that sort of brief canine's crunch of today's Feast of Wisdom, allow me now to uh, come in and perfect uh, fulfill my duties as proper host and lay before you a few utensils for furthering today's feast. And first utensil, as I always do, allow me to remind each of you hearing my voice that the good Lord has gifted you with the title and privileges of Chief Executive Officer of yourself. And since that's really the most important position you'll ever hold in your career, allow me to ask, will this be the day that you take a look at your day and begin filling its hours with items that will actually fulfill you? Or... Will you continue to let the subtle persuaders lay out your day according to their own agenda? The choice, my friend, is truly, truly yours. And as a second utensil, I see that you are yearning to steep your lips into a little laughter and take the scriptural recitation from the 102 Best Business Quips book. So let me pull it out here, turn one. Oh, okay, here's, here's one, here's one. I love this. Our consultant insisted that I needed to get more personal with our employees. So I had that guy in HR fetch me, fetch me a list of their names. <laughs> and as an afterthought, uh, it's all too true, unfortunately, but as an afterthought, most symphonic conductors address their musicians by their instrument, like Mr. Third Trombone. Uh, but Maestro Jacques Lacombe always addresses his musicians by their first names. Wouldn't you rather make music for him? Just a thought. And if you smirk a bit over that quip, we have them literally by the books full. Just pick up your copy of 102 Best Business Quips, and you uh, will find at bartsbooks.com, and you will find yourself the center of attention of your fellow wage slaves as you lift their day with a little levity. And as a third utensil, uh, allow us to, assumptu- to sumptuously spoon out to you the answer to last week's business quotation. That is, the name of the author who suggested... Uh, no one's ever achieved financial fitness with a January resolution that's been abandoned by February. 
<laughs> and those words were spoken by none other than America's media hit financial advisor with a hallmark smile, Susie Orman. So stick with us, because later on in the show, blurting your way comes yet another enriching quotation. And if you are among the learned souls who knows the author of that quote, simply scribble that sage's name down as you believe him or her to be, and email it right off to info at bartsbooks.com. And if you are correct, your knowledge will earn you a career-igniting gift, freshly disemboweled from the dungeons of Bart's Books Bookstore. So now, with utensils in hand, I ask that you lean in from your favorite side of the aisle and learn how the voice of business may best be made known uh, from the insightful advocate uh, Michelle Sikirka, uh President and CEO of NJBIA. Um, Michelle, nationally, I think there sort of seems to be a non uh, not too overly cautious optimism. Venture capitalists have crawled out from under the beds. Mergers and acquisitions are running wild. So is New Jersey sort of reflective of a nationwide trend, or are we per uh, perhaps exceeding it? Well, as I mentioned, um, we're feeling very optimistic right now about our business results and about our ability and opportunity to, to grow jobs based upon what we can control in our own business environment um, as companies. That's what our members tell us. I think we need to separate that from the fiscal health of the state um, and some of the headwinds that we have in the state, such as a crisis in our, in our pension and you know, concerns about uh, gaps in our budget for next year. So, you know, while the business community is uh, kind of riding a wave right now, and I, and I absolutely do believe that that is part of the federal wave, um, there has been, you know, tremendous upswing in the market that New Jersey businesses have benefited from. Uh, so I do think that the federal plays in. Um, but, again, New Jersey right now is just at a, at a peak in our business economy, not to be confused with the fiscal health of our state. I'm really glad you pointed that out, that uh, to be that there is a – distinction between what is where business stands and how it will move forward and the the long-term existing problems that, that do need to be faced. Now, Michelle, you've centered your many talents uh, all around New Jersey for quite a while. You've served as the, uh, serving as the state's uh, Department of Environmental Protection. You ran the Mercer Regional Chamber. You worked with water resources. And uh, now you're in your fourth successful year as president and CEO of, of New Jersey Business and Industry Association. I'm, I'm just curious, what uh, put you on this public service track? What uh, launched you all on it? Well, I'm an attorney by trade. Um, as, a, as a young lawyer, and in fact, as I was you know, young looking toward being a lawyer, I just always had a vent toward public service. Uh, as a young lawyer, I always said if I could have been the street lawyer and supported my family on that, I would have done it. Uh, so I just have always had a, a bent to, uh, you know, standing up for the underdog, um, helping the, you know, the person on the street who's struggling. Uh, it's just in my DNA. Well, good for you. Good for you. I think that's great. And um, speaking of, of standing up for the underdog, we're we're standing we're we're really facing a major uh, governmental approach shift here with the advent of. Um, Phil Murphy's more progressive stance. And I'm, I'm curious, what business benefits do you see coming out of Mr. Murphy's chowder? In other words, where lies our hope with this new administration, just from in your own opinion? Yeah. So there's been a lot of discussion from the uh, Murphy-elect administration around innovation 
and uh, oh. a, a focus on and a focus on workforce development. And these two areas are very important to to BIA and to work that that we have done um, partnering our members with. Uh, higher ed, uh, in order to you know seek opportunities and to ad- advance those causes. So I think there's a, a, a lot of positive to come out of the focus on on innovation, on uh, lifting small business. Um, Mr. Murphy uh, has spoken many times about wanting to uh, provide more opportunity for small business to grow, uh, particularly entrepreneurship, which drives right back into innovation. You know, New Jersey uh, sure, always sure. was and is the innovation state. And so we oh, should absolutely. put a lot of emphasis, you know, toward innovation. I just want to, uh, just as an aside, I know that the NJBIA does a lot of training and helping people with innovation. Is there one uh, one particular uh, program along that line that you'd like to mention right now? Well, a focus for us this past year has been on how do we quell the outmigration of New Jersey's millennials, which are the largest moving population in the nation, age 18 to 34. So we put a specific uh, purpose around that because that's New Jersey's future workforce. And we've had a task force working on issues around attractability and affordability of higher education, um, as well as other post-secondary education opportunities, such as recognizing skill gaps, and um, oh, seeking okay. you know opportunities to fill those skill backs, skill gaps in order to fill uh, vacancies in middle level skills in the state of New Jersey. Oh boy, you you really seem right on. It, it, it's very very poignant issues. I'm I'm glad you uh, you shared those with us. And if you've just joined us, you are listening to the Art of the CEO, which every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time streams magically through the profoundly misunderstood realms of cyberspace, where you may listen and download it by visiting theartoftheceo.com. We are on several stations and many, many Internet uh, avenues, but the easiest way to find this and all our shows is simply to go to theartoftheceo.com. Now, Michelle, let's let's move into uh, uh, a few specific issues, if we may. Um, the millionaire's tax. Chris Christie, uh, as I understand, vetoed it in various forms five times. Phil Murphy's proposal, uh, as I understand it, correct me if I'm wrong, is to give the, the state's top 1% of earners, about uh, 1,700 residents, a, a tax raise on all income over $1 million dollars from about 8.97 to a proposed 10.97%. Uh, will this chase away more high earners than the income might bring in, do you feel? Uh, well, it actually um, will impact a significant amount of New Jersey residents, um, I think well over 17,000, as, as you were suggesting. It's really a tax on small business. Uh, many small businesses uh-huh. run, their, uh, run their tax through their personal income tax return. Um, that is oh, the nature of, course, of their yes. tax status. Yes, and and yeah, so yeah. many small businesses will will be impacted in that manner. Certainly, um, increase. We're already the highest tax state in the nation, and so our income tax levels in this region are higher than our number one and number two out migration states, which are Pennsylvania and New York. So we're already not competitive. To increase it more makes us even more less competitive, and absolutely is a disincentive yeah. um, to keeping residents in the state of of New Jersey. Yeah, I, I, I 
I agree, and I think that it's a very, very tough thing. I, I know the state needs the revenue, and I know they have to search for it in, in every nook and cranny. We also are the highest, uh, in, in my feeling, that we give more services than any other state. But still, we, as you say, we cannot uh, crush the very hand that is, is contributing those revenues, and we certainly can't chase people away. So, so I, I'm glad you brought that up. So... Um, now that we all have our governmental prognosticators hats on at Full Tilt, why don't we take a brief pause, a brief sorbet in our Feast of Wisdom, and allow me to present to you the company by whose good graces we are here today. And that firm today is Leadership USA. And um, there is a particular branch for those in uh, New Jersey listeners. There's a New York regional branch that's just kicking off. And Leadership USA is really... Uh, devoted to unleashing leader potential. Imagine, if you will, sitting at a table with the top business masters, the real players who are given blank checks by Fortune 100 CEOs across the globe. These are the people that Leadership USA brings to your team and helps move you forward. If you could find a way to have one of some of your people working on the line be 50% more effective, wouldn't you bring that in? Well, they're Leadership USA is suggesting you do the same thing for your own leadership. So for all of those who are interested in bringing their training, uh, training their leaders and making things a little more effective, you can find out what the Leadership USA team offers by simply visiting leadershipusa.biz and find out just how much better your own firm can grow. And speaking of business leadership, let's turn back to the wise and business bettering council of Michelle Sekirka, CEO and president of the New Jersey Business Industry Association. Uh, Michelle, I understand that the NJBIA will be working very closely with Mr. Murphy on his plan uh, for the his planned uh, minimum wage of fifteen dollars. Now, I know that that you and the uh, NJBIA are a bit uneasy about so large a jump, and I, I know many business leaders actually stand four square against it. And I personally am in favor of it. So if you don't mind, uh, I'd like to give you uh, my brief opinion and then have you set me straight. Is that, is that going to be all right with you? That's fine. All righty. Here we go. I am, I am for the minimum wage, and here's why. Uh, I see... This minimum wage is one of the things that makes New Jersey, and actually so much of America, so powerful, is that we have traditionally, through our business leaders with our new ventures and the constant push of, of the workers' organizations, they've ensured that our citizens have enough income to buy all the goods and services we've made. We have made our, our wealth carry us all forward. And I see this as an ideal way to expand our overall marketing marketplace in the long range and to try to cut out this discretionary capital in the market by by fighting minimum wage i I think is a sort of a short-sighted one-quarter profit making thinking now that's my that's just my opinion michelle straighten me out well i would say that it's a very complex issue first of all uh we should be talking about how do we lift the wages of a low-wage earner and that's a very comprehensive discussion it isn't just about uh what dollar you put in their paycheck uh, there's so many other factors that should be considered. First and foremost, when you lift the skills of any worker, you lift their wages naturally. Uh, companies in New Jersey appreciate having the opportunity to have competitive 
uh, packages that they offer their employees so they can attract and keep the best and the brightest. And they invest in those employees by providing training in order to increase their skill set. And along with that, they increase their wages. That's what makes them successful. On the products and services side, um, I say it's a a comprehensive uh, and complex discussion because many of the uh, small businesses, Main Street businesses that we talk to, for example, the Corner Pizzeria, if the Corner Pizzeria has to uh, raise their rates a certain percentage, their margin of return is so de minimis right now that they have yeah, no choice but to increase their prices or cut the hours for the people they pay that higher wage to. And we, we hear those um, anecdotes, you know, every day from our members. So the other piece of this is we talk about um, the entry-level worker and increasing their wages. Uh-huh. But, Bart, when you reset the entry-level wage in the state of New Jersey to something higher than right. it is, you've now lifted the floor on wages in the state of New Jersey. That means you need to reset every other wage in the state of New Jersey. So right up the whole tower. Yeah, yeah. yeah, where companies are significantly concerned and challenged is in uh, what they call compression, that now if you have someone with a lower skill set earning $15 an hour, someone with a certificate program like a paralegal, for example, who's maybe making $16 an hour and has benefits, goes to her boss and says, I'm sorry, the low-skilled worker is making $15 an hour. The value of my position must be, you know, 80% higher as well if theirs is 80% higher. And that's, and that's yeah. where the real cost impact comes into play that people need to think about is, is up that compression chain. Yeah. I'm glad you really laid that out so fully, Michelle. I, I thank you for that. It's uh, because – the one thing you did say is that it, right at the beginning, it is a complex issue, and I can see where you're going to have uh, a lot of your excellent compromising skills working working with the legislature on that. Because I think you, you everybody wants what's best. It, it's just a matter of seeing what's logical and real. Would that be right? Uh, that, that's totally right. New Jersey companies absolutely, absolutely invest every day in their workers. In our business outlook survey, our, our members told us that they anticipate increasing wages in 2018 from 1% to 5%. And, in fact, they increased them as well in 2016. So, you know, New Jersey companies are taking care of their workers, but they're taking care of their workers in a way that's economically feasible for them to do so. Uh, I think that's right, and I have I have always bragged, but not only do I, I, do I brag about our state's uh, high-level workforce, highly skilled and uh, motivated workforce, but I also hear those from other uh, business folks from other states uh, turn very enviously to the, to, to the New Jersey workforce, what they're getting and, and, and how much they're producing. Well. Now, and, and since we're, we're moving with a more rosy, rosier picture, Michelle, could you just give us a, a sort of an overview, paint a, paint a picture of the better business climate that we need for the Garden State to, to thrive? We, we have our problems. I mean, uh, from inheritance tax to infrastructure to health care, what do we need? What should we really be addressing that perhaps we might not be thinking of right off uh, in 2018? Well, you know, you're, you're right that we have some tremendous assets in the state of New Jersey by way of our workforce and, in fact, our, our infrastructure. If we don't mine those assets and invest in those assets, we, we have a problem. 
Uh, so what we need to do is we, we need to ensure, I go back to the millennial out-migration, one of our most tremendous assets is our highly skilled workforce. We need to ensure we have a, a ready workforce for the future, uh, that they have the skills necessary to enter the jobs of tomorrow. That's significantly important. We need to continue to invest in our infrastructure, not just our roads, but our water and our energy and our telecommunications. That's what makes us as a state competitive, and that's what attracts companies. You know, most important overall, we absolutely need to address the issue of affordability in the state of New Jersey. Bart, you recognized very aptly before that we get a lot of services for our money in the state of New Jersey. This is so true. But there is a point in time that you outprice yourself. And while we are willing yeah. to pay a premium for the good services we receive here in the state of New Jersey, we have tipped over to super premium and everybody's got a budget. And when you cannot afford something anymore, regardless of how good those services are, you need to make accommodations. I think we have a quill pen moment. Michelle has put it very well. She has, she has spoken a timeless truth of business that there is that you can boost quality, but there are the, the limits of reality and spending with it, be it clients or state or government. So I'd like you all to take out your quill pens and jot down, dip your pens in the inkwell and jot that down because Michelle has given us something really to think about, and that's great. Uh, Michelle, so you were talking about water and things, and I was just wondering if you could for a moment. Now, you have served uh, with uh, – the DEP and so forth, and I was wondering if you could help bust one myth for us, and that is there's many people out there who believe that for business to rise, the environment must fall and vice versa. I say that's not true. What is your that's, – could you bust that myth for us? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's, it, it's all about sustainability, and when you talk about sustainability, you're talking about the three legs of the sustainability stool, and that's you know economics – social, and environment. And everything we do needs to balance those three things. Um, and, and any policy we consider in the state of New Jersey needs to look at those three things collectively in unison and make sure that there's proper balance. You absolutely can have economic uh, growth in the state of New Jersey and do it responsibly as long as you are respecting how that growth takes place and its impact on the environment. Great. I, I'm so glad, so glad to have you do that. Now, I just, you have I think very bravely, started a, a personal column on the NJBIA website. Uh, it's, it sort of helps befuddle business folks like myself. Uh, and it's called Tell Michelle. And I could sort of carry my business and government concerns to your doorstep. I, could you tell, how's that working? Could you tell us a little bit about it? What are people asking? Yeah, so I, I say every day that it's, it's significantly important that I hear directly from our members that I call the boots on the ground as to what's going on in the trenches. I certainly don't know what's going on in the trenches as I sit here in my office in Trenton. I need to hear from my members. So one way we do that is uh, we have the opportunity through the website for a member to send me directly, comes right into my email, um, a question, concern, idea, recommendation. Uh, I receive it and I respond promptly um, and I get things that are sent here that are positive. I get things that are sent here that are negative. I don't shy away from anything. Uh, anyone wants to discuss an issue, whether it be controversial or in alignment, we're here to have that very transparent discussion because that's what makes us the best that we can be to advocate on behalf of business and understand truly what they need in order to be successful. Does, I, does the uh, – tell Michelle, does it, does it sort of reflect uh, – 
what you're generally what, what you what we're all perceiving in the state or, or uh does it do you get more complaints than uh it, it might be the natural good feeling of of the climate business climate thus far no i get i i get a mixed bag i get sometimes a very specific question about a particular resource that a member needs. So I am able to funnel that through our member action center here at NJBIA, where we help members, you know, every day on uh, complex issues, everything from HR to regulatory compliance to just things going on in, in the workplace, uh, all the way up to the legislative oh. issues. Oh, well, I, I think it's great. I think, as I say, I think you're very brave to do it. And I also might add that I think anyone who runs an organization that advocates for anything uh, should uh, put themselves, should take a look at Michelle's uh, column to tell Michelle and think about starting something that's equivalent for yourself. And uh, Michelle, I, I'd, I'd love to go on, but I think we're, we're coming toward an end here. And I, I, you, uh, the NJBIA is the largest employer association in the state, and could you tell us how uh, I might contact or how uh, how the folks right there out there might become uh, members and and join and get their voice heard by uh, connecting with the NJBIA? How do we get to contact you? Absolutely. Well, not only are we the state's largest employer association, uh, but we're the largest of our kind in the nation, and we're very proud of that. People can learn more about NJBIA by visiting our website at www.njbia.org. And uh, we can get connected from there. There's a membership page. We can learn all about our resources, uh, events page. We can learn about our events, legislative information. Uh, you can send emails through our member action center or to our information line um, if you have questions or want to learn more about the organization. That's the best first way to get connected. Oh, excellent. Well, uh, for all those who have been listening, uh, you realize how much the NJBIA is, is offering its uh, members and and also by follow the, the all of the state businesses are around New Jersey. So I think it's it's an outfit that you really, really should take a look at if you have been under a rock and have not and are not familiar with them thus far. Michelle, thanks so much for coming on also. You you've enlightened me and I, I know so many of us out there have, have learned an awful lot and you as you've distilled both issues and uh, things that we need to be looking out for. So thank you very much, and we'd love to have you back on sometime later uh, as the as, as new government makes its way uh, and begins its route. Thank you very much for the opportunity, Bart. It's been a pleasure. Oh, well, and thank you. So as we round out today's feast, uh, I am Bart Jackson, your curator of business wisdom, leaving you with today's business quotation. That is, who said... I don't make jokes. I just watch government and report the facts. Uh, and as a hint to the author of that, this Native American lasso-tossing humorist always roped in the truth about government and us folks, helping us take a good look and a long laugh at ourselves. From the 20s on, he's, he is still being quoted. And remember, if you know the author of this quote, just scribble that author's name down as you believe it to be and send it right off to info at bartsbooks.com to win yourself an absolutely life and career igniting gift from the dungeons of Bart's Books Bookstore. And in a, as a parting shot, in the words of my wife's husband, just a thought, 
Our CEO is planning an exact time for our new product release, where there's no risk and the market and the economy and the government are just right. And as of right now, it's a toss-up between 2035 and 2041. <laughs> just a thought. And to you who have gleefully been sharing our feast, I hope you've enjoyed The Art of the CEO as much as Michelle and I have enjoyed bringing it to you. And remember that you may download this and all our shows by simply visiting theartoftheceo.com. And finally to you who have honored us with your time, may I say as always, it has been a privilege, and I thank you.